Hey guys, so good to see you again. I'm super excited today. I have a wonderful guest with me. Now, last week we talked about how to stand and contend and believe for the promises of God in your life and nationally. Well, the guest that I have today, Miss Tiffany Tombray, is a recently published author. And I feel like of anyone whose life emulates what it looks like to contend and stand and see the miraculous come forth in your life. Tiffany has so many testimonies and that's a lot of what their book is about. So today's episode is going to be full of testimonies that are going to build your faith to believe for those promises that we talked about last week. So let's roll that intro music. Hi, and you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. Okay, so I want to introduce you guys to my guest. Her name is Tiffany Tombray. Tiffany, say hey, girl. Hey. And so Tiffany and her husband, Travis, just published a book called A Deeper Walk with Jesus. A Closer Walk with Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. My <laughs> husband just published a book, too, and I, keep, I can't remember any title of his. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyways, but so Tiffany's and Travis's book is a devotional that is 30 days of really profound, powerful testimonies of how they stood and believed God. And even from the first time I met Tiffany, I remember her faith was so energizing and so contagious and so courageous that, um, man, anytime I need to talk to somebody who's going to believe for promises, Tiffany's the woman to talk to. And so I just remember that. That was my first impression of her. And she she just stands out in such a unique way for her faith. And so I thought, hey, who better than Tiffany to have on this show with this topic? So this has been a topic that's been in my heart, faith and contending for God's promises, really because of what's going on in the nation, if I'm honest. I feel like what we're seeing in our nation is the culmination of decades and decades of prayer. And there have been so many prophetic words over our nation, both recently and in, in years past, that we're starting to see the, we're, it's almost like the baby's crowning, you know what I mean? And we're about to see the birth of these things, but with it, the prophetic is greatly under attack. The prophets are being called false prophets because it didn't happen on a certain man-made timeline, all these different things. And so, but in it, I'm spending so much prayer time and prayer for our nation. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I had an encounter on Sunday that I want to share with you guys just to kind of whet your appetite for how important faith is to the Lord. So I shared in the last episode about how, when things didn't go the way I was expecting or hoping or believing, um, with our nation, um, I felt the Lord asking me, you know, would you, would you come to this 11th hour, the things that you've prayed and believed and heard me say, and not stand? Would you really not stand in this 11th hour? You guys forgive any background noise this is picking up. Everyone's deciding to go wild downstairs at the time that we decide to record. Um, anyways, and so I just felt like in the last few weeks, the Lord, like us standing in faith and believing what he has said, and his promises is a way that we get to minister to the Lord. Do you feel that, yes, Tiffany? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so, an active worship. It is. It is active worship. And I've never felt it so tangibly as I feel it right now. So, I didn't actually tell, did I tell you about my encounter on Sunday? Mm -mm. I don't think I did. Okay. So, it was very brief. But on Sunday, I was in worship at church and I closed my eyes. Yes, I did. And, um, 
And the Lord walked up to me, Jesus. He was in like military dress and he had like a military cap on. I don't know why that was so memorable, but his like military cap, I just remember. And he walked up to me and he looked me dead fierce straight in the eyes and he was on a mission. I was like one along the path of many he needed to talk to. And he looked me straight in the eyes and he said, Jenna he said, do you believe me? And he didn't say what he was talking about, but he implied, I knew that he was talking about the great work he's doing in our nation right now, what our nation is about to give birth to spiritually. And I looked at him and I said, Lord, you know that I believe you. I believe you 110%. And he looked at me and he nodded with just a fierceness in his face and a pride in his heart. And he said, good, then you have been considered worthy. You've been counted worthy to serve me. Serve, oh, sorry. He said, you've been counted worthy to serve alongside of me in the days to come. And I don't know what days to come looks like, but I'm like, if I'm counted worthy to serve alongside the Lord, yes amen. and amen. <laughs> you know, but it was phenomenal to me. A lot of times I think the church, we put our emphasis on the works that we do, which validly works or how we validate our faith. But sometimes we forget that there is a period of time when we must stand seeing nothing that we're believing for, right? Absolutely. And that ministers to the Lord's heart. And so, Tiffany, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of where, why this topic is so close to your heart. Um, it started oh, probably 10 years ago. I was in rebellion to the Lord, and um, I had walked away and... Um, I actually met Jesus in jail, and when I met Jesus in jail, I remember um, just a love that he had for me. I remember thinking, like, how could he love me after walking away from him? And I remember just telling him, Jesus, I just want to serve you. You have to get me out of this mess. And I remember the next year, it just being a year of humility and walking with him. And through that, God had to literally rewire my thinking. My mm-hmm. thinking had been perverted. My thinking had been um, twisted. I had been tormented. Um, and so God really had to take me on a journey where he sent his word and he literally healed me. Psalm 107, 20 says that he sent his word and the word healed him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have a, a love for God's word because I feel like it wasn't a laying on of hands. It wasn't um, a, an instantaneous miracle where God just healed me emotionally, physically, spiritually, but God sent his word and they stirred up an appetite in me for his word, a love for his word. And I believe that's where my faith began to grow. And, and I just began to to realize who God was and, and that God's word is true and that God's word is active and that God's word is alive and that God will, God is who he says he is and God will do what he says he's going to do. And, and so for me, it started years back when, um, I met Jesus, I gave my life back to Jesus and, um, he, like I said, he just, I fell in love with the word. I fell in love with who Jesus was as I studied the word. And I feel like that's where, um, where my faith was activated because yeah. I had nothing else. Yeah. I, I, I had my relationships were broken. My family, um, wasn't talking to me, all the things like it, all I had was Jesus. Mm. And, um, and so I feel like that's where it started for me is, is God sent his word and his word literally healed yeah. my mind and yeah. it set me free. And it, and it did. It's just, there was such a, I had such a hunger to, to, I feel like I couldn't put the word down. I was constantly journaling constantly. And and I can remember a period of time 
where I struggled with depression and I remember I got like a spiral notebook and I would write down topically mm-hmm. scriptures that would help me overcome depression. Yeah. Um, I am fearfully and wonderfully made Psalm 139 14. I would just find promises. He who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. Philippians 1 6. And so I begin to memorize these things. And when I'd be in a place where I would feel anxiousness or feel like I wanted to give into that thought that was not of the Lord, I'd pull that, that, that um, spiral out and I'd just start saying the scriptures, saying the scriptures until God's word healed my mind, until God's word set me free. And so I began to memorize scripture. I allowed God to write it on my heart and then I became passionate about it. So Mm. I feel like for me, I've kind of like studied the Bible in topics. And so um, when God gives me promises or, or gives me things, I instantly go to like, okay, well, what does the Bible say about joy? Or what does the Bible say about mourning? Or what does the Bible say about faith? And then memorizing those things and allowing God's word to come alive in my life. So good. So I, she actually really so much as if you couldn't tell lives what she's talking about. Cause <laughs> I remember the first time I came to your house, boys are running around screaming and I barely knew you. I don't even know how I ended up at your house. But oh no, it was church. Oh, that's right. We had a we had a messy, complicated start to our relationship. Do you remember that? I do. Okay, so she had messaged me on Facebook, and she was so eager. I don't even remember how you thought to message me. You'd see me at church or something, right? Yeah. And maybe I'd given a prophetic word. I think, and um, or maybe you saw something. Whatever. Somehow you came across me. Anyway, she sent me a message, and she was like. Blah, 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 I'm so excited and, blah, blah, and I feel called to ministry and I feel called to preach and I feel to write books and, blah, 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 and I'm so excited and I'm excited about the all the things that, and she was like oh you know and she shared all this stuff and I was like whoa okay awesome but when I read it I was like in the middle of doing something and I couldn't stop and respond or it was really late and I fell asleep or something ridiculous anyways well because you know whenever that happens you always forget to go back to right. those things so I totally never went back to it. I think it was months later. No, like maybe a year later. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So I see her at church and she'd always been real like excited and eager to say <laughs> hi. So then I see her at church months later yeah. and she, and you were like kind of cold, like <laughs> yeah. kind of, uh. kind of re- recoiled a little bit. And I was like, oh dang, what just happened? You know, I was like, I haven't seen her forever. <laughs> so then I, I went back because I had remembered your message and I was like, I wonder if I ever replied and I never did. So I was like, poor girl, she poured out her heart and I just gave her the cold shoulder. <laughs> so anyways, I had to apologize to her and we mended our relationship and then I went over for coffee. But anyways, so, but I remember that day when I went for coffee, she pulled out her jar, had a bunch of rocks in it and it had all these words written on it. And you were like, you were like, yeah, this is my, my rock jar of promises or something. And I thought this concept was brilliant. So I started to try to do it and I have a jar that's partially filled downstairs. I just don't keep up with it well, but I love that Tiffany has this jar and the boys will go outside and find smooth rocks and they come back in and whenever God does something for them, fulfills a promise or, or answers a prayer, they write a keyword on that rock to trigger that memory. And so they put them in this jar. And then what, at the end of the year, you guys pull them all out and celebrate what God has done, like an altar of remembrance. Yes, we do. We'll, yeah, we do that on New Year's Eve. That's kind of like our time to reflect over the year and how God's answered. But also, I like to have the jar out visually because it sparks conversation obviously when people see a jar full of rocks and there's things wrote on them so it's a great opportunity to minister and to um give glory to god but also on the days that it's hard when you feel like 
uh, that word is never going to come to pass or that God has forgotten you or Mm -hmm. that things could not possibly get any worse. I go to that jar and I call to remembrance. I I make, David says, you know, bless this, bless the Lord, all my soul and all that is within me. And so I cause myself to bless the Lord and to remind myself, no, God is faithful. No, God has answered this promise. God has fulfilled his word here. God has done this for our family. And so it's, it's actually something for me that just um, brings me back to focus when I've gotten mm-hmm. off, when I want to grumble and complain, when I want to fall into agreement with the enemy and believing that God's not going to come through. There's no way he could do this. Um, it's a way of reminding myself, no, this is what um, you know, God's done. And it's also biblical in Deuteronomy um, 4. It says, do not let your eyes Um, forget what they have seen. And when your children ask you what these rocks mean, you tell them. Mm -hmm. And then we see in Joshua, um, when the, um, when the Levitical priests go over there, Joshua tells them each to bring a rock and, and they build a a rock and remembrance, rock and remembrance. Yes. And, um, and so that's where I get the rocks from in the jar. And then in Exodus, it says, again, write these things down on a scroll. Well, I don't write them down on a scroll. I write them on the rock. <laughs> um, but so, same concept, close yeah, yeah, same concept. It's biblical. And it's just a way too, obviously, of just cultivating that in my children, ha- yeah. my children um, having faith to believe God for things and then teaching so- them to praise God, you know, okay, we're going to ask God for this. And then when God shows up, making it a point to be like, okay, remember when we prayed for this, look, God answered and having a time of celebrating. And so trying to cultivate that in my children. Okay. So give a short example. Cause I remember you telling me about a time when Beniah prayed about certain um, goals he wanted to make for his soccer game. Yes. He, yeah. On the way to soccer, we always pray. Me and my husband or we'll pray and say, Benaya, let's pray for your safety. Let's pray that y'all have a good time. And so we're praying and Benaya just pipes up in the back. I think he said he wanted to make three goals, which that was a very big stretch for <laughs> sweet little Benaya. But lo and behold, he, he actually, I think that game made more than that. And we celebrated, I think it was a 30 minute drive home. We celebrated the whole time, just Aww. having a party about how God had helped him and he just did so good. And, so, anyways, I love that because those become like those are life memories for him. You know what I mean? Those become pillars in his soul. Yes, and I feel like yes, I just want it to be like second nature for him. Like, oh, this is what we do. Like, mm-hmm. in fact, um, every time I every time but I can't find anything, whether it's his blanket, anything. I always say, well, have you asked Jesus? No. Okay, well, go ask Jesus because Jesus, I always tell him, Jesus is going to give you one word and that's where it's at. And so it's kind of like Jesus sends him on a treasure hunt for uh-huh. his missing blanket, for whatever. And sure enough, God always comes through. And so it's building my child's faith. But then also we praise God like, oh, we found the blanket. Hallelujah. Well, and we found the t- missing toy. Yeah. And I love that because you're teaching him to listen for the direction of the Lord. You're nurturing the prophetic in him too. Yes. We and do. obedience. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amen. So all of it. I love it. Okay. So two things that you've actually mentioned that you don't realize you've mentioned that I want to pull out because I think these are two things that we can easily forget in the journey of getting a promise from the Lord or feeling like God's spoken something and believing for it. Two things is one that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word and you saturated yourself in the word and you still do. And this is, I believe why faith is such an attribute of who you are because not only do you read the word but you're willing to believe God for what you read but then secondly also that 
you contend. You don't just contend. You like freaking arm wrestle God mm-hmm. until he fulfills it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And so speak to those two things because I feel like those are those are easily overlooked. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. just like you said in Hebrews, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So the word of the Lord. And so um, whatever situation it's regarding, whether it's our finances, whether it's our marriage, whether it's parenting, whether it's relationships, um, our ministry, asking God, God, what, you know, what do you say about this? Or what is your vision for this? And asking God for a word. And when he gives me, if he gives me a rhema word, he will always give me scripture to back it up, something to stand on because the Bible says that God, when God sends his word out, he fulfills it, it prospers, and then it returns. Yeah. Isaiah 55. And so I stand on that. Every time the Lord gives me a word, um, not a rhema word, a word, you know, scripture, I'm like, okay, I stand on Isaiah 55. God, you gave me this word. I'm going to declare it, and I'm believing that it's going to prosper, and it's going to come back. So yeah. one scripture I love to stand on is, um, in Job, Job says, um, decree a thing and it shall be established. So if I'm mm-hmm. decreeing God's word, God has to fulfill his word. He cannot yeah. not fill his word. True, and good. so just understanding the power I have in declaring something, especially if it's God, God's word and trusting that God has to fulfill that. I don't know when he's going to fulfill it, but he has to fulfill his word. Mm. Um, and, um, and contending for it. Yes. And contending for it. Cause, so, cause you'll get a promise. And we see this in scripture. We live in such a microwave society. Right. Well, we I want it right now. We want it now. Yes. And like right now, I think that's part of why the prophets are under fires. Because everyone's like, oh, it didn't happen. Biden got inaugurated. Blah, 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 blah. Which I'm, I'm not going to make this political. But what I'm saying is the prophets all said one thing. Something else happened. But God also said, I will not honor your timelines. Like, And so everyone's freaking out. Like, oh, it didn't happen like we expected. Or, oh, this didn't happen in a time frame, in a, in a, in immediate sense. And so they're like, the prophets are wrong, but literally throughout scripture, God works outside of our timelines. Like God is not bound to our time. Time is there to serve us. It's not there to serve God, <laughs> you know? Right. And so, um, maybe give an example of when like God gave you a promise and you had to both contend for it, but because you decreed it, you saw him fulfill it. Maybe like your house and like, Yes. Um, so we dealt with a lot of things in the beginning of our marriage, um, financially, just financial stuff constantly coming up. I think we, well, I know we both had to deal with the poverty spirit. It's just kind of how we grew up and that just a a way of thinking that was not godly and God really had to deal with us. And we went through a lot of things that had to do with financial, but God had given me a word. Wait, wait. Give them specifics. Cause I think people will, will identify with some of the specifics of your situations. So when we first got married, we couldn't afford health insurance on, on me and Travis. So after praying and talking, we decided that we would get health insurance on me because we wanted to start a family and it just made more sense. Like Travis had never been sick and, let's just do this route. This is what we can afford. So we get health insurance six months into our marriage. You know, the Bible says in John 10, 10, that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I believe with all my heart that the devil was coming to kill my husband, to steal our marriage and and what God had called us to. My husband, who had never been sick, never been to the doctor, um, comes down with appendicitis, had to have emergency surgery. While in emergency surgery, his lung collapsed because he asked he throws up while in surgery. Oh my gosh. So his right lung collapsed. So we we get home from the emergency surgery. He's doing fine. About um, the next morning, I remember him sitting on the couch and I'm backtracking. He 
points to a, a notebook and he writes, call 911. And I'm thinking, I cannot call 911. Like, we don't have money for this. Like, <laughs> you don't have health insurance. But I'm like literally watching my husband start to lose his color. He's starting to tilt over. And I'm like, okay, I have to call 911. Oh. So I remember calling 911, following the ambulance and having to repent on the way there because, again, I was not trusting God to take it. God, what God wasn't big enough to take care of our hospital bills in that moment. I didn't think he was and had to repent for that. And, um, so anyways, he, while in the hospital, he, his lung collapsed, he has strep throat, he tests positive for the flu and he's having asthma. I mean, it was just crazy. Everything. So six days in the hospital. It was really neat though, because the Bible says in Genesis 50, 20 says what the enemy meant for bad, God will use for good. And we know Romans 8, 28 says God works all things together for the good of those who have been called according to his purpose and those who love him. And you know, while Travis was in the hospital, I remember walking the floor and I was praying over everybody in that floor. I was like, you know what, devil, you're going to try to take my husband out. I'm going to just pray over every person here. I'm declare <laughs> God's healing. We're going to see people healed. Well, we got to talk to an elderly lady, a minister to her the night before she died. And it, I, we, I think we'll always remember this. It was so powerful. Um, and so it's just really neat to see God work in that. But while I was walking, I remember crying and asking God, like, God, why are you allowing this? We know he's not the author of sickness, but he allowed for my husband to go through this. So God, what were you trying to teach me? And I remember him saying, you know me as Jehovah Rapha, the healer, but I want you to come to know me as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. And the Lord told me that night in the hospital, he said, a year from now, this debt will be canceled. I'm going to pay it off. Do you trust me? And I remember bawling thinking, God, I trust you. Because at that time I chose to stay home. We didn't have money in saving. We didn't have any savings account. We didn't have an emergency fund. And my husband was a carpenter. So guess what? If he was out of work, there was no money coming in. There was no guaranteed money. He was out two months with his surgery and everything that had happened. And so we saw the miraculous take place. I remember generally one night in bed, me and my husband were weeping And we were just crying out to God. We're like, God, we need manna for today. I remember our refrigerator literally having like a jar of sour cream in it and thinking, I don't know how we're going to eat. Our rents do. Like, what are we going to do? And me and my husband laying in bed as newlyweds, bawling, and the doorbell rings. And I remember like quickly sitting up and like trying to wipe off my face to make it look like I wasn't just like (laughs) a puddle of tears. And I go to the door and I open the door and a lady standing there and she has an envelope in her hand and she's smiling and she hands it to me and she says, the Lord has told me to give this to you. And I mean, I'm just like baffled. Like what is this in, you know, I thought maybe she got our mail got delivered to her or something like (laughs) because she turns around and she walks off and Um, I remember taking the envelope and I went and went to our bedroom. I said, Trav, you know, so-and-so just rang the doorbell and gave us this envelope. He's like, what's in it? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, open the envelope. Well, I opened the envelope. There was $2,000 cash that paid for our rent that put groceries in our refrigerator. And then we began to cry because of God's graciousness. And in that moment, we called out to the Lord in distress and what happened? He heard us. And so I just, Mm -hmm. I kept contending and standing on that promise. Generally, I can't tell you. And our, we lived in Montana at the time and our house had this blue shag carpet. I will never forget. It was the ugliest carpet ever. (laughs) You guys can only see her face. Oh (laughs) gosh, it was so ugly. But I promise there were foot tracks in that (coughs) carpet that I had wore out because during the day I would walk that floor. I would be praying in the spirit. I would be, God, I do not serve money, but money serves me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the beginning and not the end. 
So all those are scriptures, Deuteronomy 28. I'm a, I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. Um, and I would just say, God, you told me that you would pay off our debt. So we were $30,000 in debt with Travis's hospital bills. Dang. I can tell <laughs> all you. because that insurance was on you. Yes, all because <laughs> oh, the insurance Lord. was on me. Thankfully, we did get pregnant. So the, it, I mean, it was it a good out. choice. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. Um, but um, so I remember thinking, I'm going to apply at the hospital and I'm going to see if they do like some kind of discount. So I applied. Everybody told me, oh, well, here in Sydney, they only do like a 10% discount. I'm like, I don't care. I'll take it. Well, they actually did 20%. So it knocked off $19,000 in debt. Wow. So it went from 30000 to what? That's like, that's like it, got, it knocked 60% off. Yes. It, yeah. It knocked way more off. In fact, everybody that had told me they wouldn't do that much, I went back and told them what the Lord did and they were shocked. And so then again, we started getting random checks in the mail, just $50 here, $100 here. Wow. Just pe- In fact, we got a letter one time just saying, hey, the Lord put you on my heart. Here's $50. Like they had no idea what was going on. Mm. So God began to really, again, just, um, remind me like, dude, he fulfills his word and, and, and not putting, we talked about this earlier before we started the podcast, but not having an expectation on how God is going to fill that, that promise. Okay. Wait, pause right there because that's so important because God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. When we put an expectation on what it's going to look like, we're actually limiting the situation and potentially wounding our faith. Because then if our faith gets tied to a certain outcome, that outcome which has been imagined by my human thinking versus an outcome that God in his hugeness with all of his resource could come up with, like it's so not a good plan. Absolutely. And when we do that, the Bible says that deferred hope makes the heart sick. And so I have now taken my hope out of God and his word and put it on my expectation, an expectation that God never met. And so um, I didn't know how God was going to do this. And, and so it, it became a really fun adventure on, am I going to check the mail today and God's going to show up this way? Is someone going to ring my doorbell and mm-hmm. God's going to show up this way? Or groceries going to come in the mail? I didn't know how God was going to do it. But what I do know is that it cultivated a heart of expectation. If there's one thing that I can share is that when we pray and we ask God for a word or he gives us a promise to, and, and we're going to stand on that. We better have some expectation to back it up, expecting yeah. God to answer. I can't just declare God's word and not expect him to answer and not yeah. have an excitement there or, or an urgency there. Um, I, I always say when you, you had mentioned earlier, I, I wrestle with the Lord. I always think about the story of Jacob uh-huh. and how he wrestled with the Lord and he walked, he wasn't going to leave. He was not going to leave until he got mm. his blessing. And it says the rest of his days, he walked with a limp. And I don't know how many times I've told the Lord, I am not going to give up. I don't care if I have to walk with a limp the rest of my life. I'm going to have this blessing. You promised it to me and I'm going to see it fulfilled. And I'm going to remind, I'm going to bring it into your remembrance. Of course, the Lord never forgets, but God, I'm going to remind you that I have not forgotten that you told me that. And so it goes on. (laughs) Sometimes I wonder how much energy we waste getting all riled up, thinking we have to get riled up, like as if we got to wrestle this stuff out of God's hands. Because I have found like, because I've done the same thing, totally straight up wrestled with God like I was wrestling with an angel. And of course he gives me what I need, but it's kind of exhausting. It is exhausting. It's exhausting. Whereas there's been times where kind of a slightly different focus, but the same concept 
where I just look for what God is doing. I keep my eyes fixed on. Yeah. And I just kind of, I have an expectation he's going to do something and I'm looking for it. And it's so much more of a rested place, Mm -hmm. but it's the same accomplishment, Mm -hmm. except I'm not throwing my hip out. (laughs) Yes. And I think too, sometimes for me, when I get like that, when I feel like I have to wrestle, it's almost... It's almost for me, like I need to build my faith up. I need, it's almost like I'm wrestling myself. Like Tiffany, what has God told you? What does the word say? Like we're, I'm coming out of agreement with the enemy. God, forgive me for that. I'm going to come back into alignment with the word that you gave me and what, Mm -hmm. and what your word says. And, and so I think for me too, it's also a, a way of me stirring my faith back up and being like, okay, refocus and and moving on with it um so good okay so go back go back you were talking about financial prosperity and then you guys were laying in bed praying god provided all this but i remember you guys didn't have a car and didn't have a house or there was something going on with the house situation my husband gave you guys a word god pulls a miracle yes and then just a couple weeks ago i came with a word similar to (laughs) that was just kind of funny i keep asking the lord how he's gonna fulfill that word um yeah so um, we end up a year to the date. We did get out of $30,000 in debt. Um, so I mean, wow. w- yes, I, in fact, we shared testimonies with, um, a guy that Travis was roofing his house. And a week later we got a phone call. He had, he was so moved by our testimony that he shared it with this church, a church we have never stepped foot into. They sent us a check in the mail for $6,000 to help pay off the hospital bills. Wow. I mean, it was just a miracle after miracle after miracle. And what God taught me in that season is manna for today. Wow. I'm going to provide for today. We know Matthew 6 says, don't mm-hmm. worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own worries. I feel like in that season, that year, we literally learned, like waited for manna to appear, whether it was in our refrigerator for a bill, for rent, for whatever need we had. God was, God is an on-time God. And so $30,000 paid off. Um, yes, with our house, we um, were expecting our third child at the time, and we lived in a mm-hmm. tiny little house we were renting. Rent was very expensive. We really had no desire to buy a house because in our mind, we just like couldn't afford it. Like, How could mm-hmm. we ever get there? Again, that poverty mentality. Um, because God is bigger than that. God can do yeah. anything. And um, so the... Um, a guy that Travis works for um, came to us and said that he wanted to bless us. Um, Wait, Stephen had a word before that, didn't yes, he? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. So we're in church one day, and um, me and Travis had went up to the altar to get prayer. And yes, Stephen had come up to us, and he prophesied over us that he saw us in a new house, and that God was giving us a new house, and 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 it was a gift from God to us. And we left like, well, that's weird because we're not looking for a house. We have no desire to buy a house, but, but we wanted a bigger house because we had outgrown. We were working on our third boy and just like our plate, we were out of room. And so we said, okay, Lord, you're going to give us a house. Is this true? And God, we started praying and felt like, okay, yep, we're going to believe the Lord for this. And, um, what within the year, I think, Mm -hmm. um, we got, or I was at home, Travis was at work, and he got a phone call from a, a, a man he works with, and um, a conversation happened, and then Travis called me and said, honey, are you sitting down? And I remember, <laughs> generally, at that time, I had just 
went at it with the Lord. I was standing at the kitchen sink. I remember looking up to the heavens and saying, God, your word says in Malachi 3 that, that, that this is an area I can test you in. We are givers. We are faithful tithers. We give, Father. Mm-hmm. And you have been working with us in this area because I feel like God has called us to give more than the 10%. And I was just really wrestling with him. I didn't know how we were going to buy diapers. And how could this happen, God? You just asked us to drain our savings and bless somebody. And we did it with joy because that's what your word says. And our and I remember saying, our vats aren't overflowing. Our barns aren't full. I mean, I was just <laughs> throwing a temper tantrum. I can only imagine God. Like, I look at my two-year-old when he throws a temper tantrum. And sometimes I laugh. And I feel like in that moment, God was just like, oh, beloved. That's what you look like. <laughs> you do not even know what's about to happen. And so I just, this conversation with the Lord had just happened. I mean, I was puddle of tears again. Travis calls and says, are you sitting down? And he's laughing. And of course, I'm starting to get agitated with the laugh because I'm having it out with God. (laughs) And um, he said, um, so-and-so said that he wanted to share his success with us. And he's giving us a check to go buy a house. And I remember falling on the floor bawling. I mean, I couldn't even, I don't even think I finished. I mean, I think I, maybe I said, are you serious? Are you serious? And probably hung up the phone on my husband because I couldn't get my mind wrapped around that. That conversation had just left my mouth, my mouth with God. Um, And here we were, a wealth transfer had happened. We were going to get money to pay off all of our debt Mm -hmm. and to buy a house. So yes, the house we live in was given to us I say by God, he used uh, an earthly vessel to bless us with the house. But again, God gave us a word and we stood on it. We believed God for it. See, and here's the deal. What, because we experience miracles in our life, like the house we're in right now, this one was the result of me praying and asking God and contending as tithers, you know, and as givers and whatever. And, and so the, every miracle we've experienced, we've contended for, and sometimes it's, it's a quick prayer and sometimes it's months, you know, sometimes years. So I wonder like if you had not been so pursuant of the promises of God, if you Mm. had not held on to and said, but God, your word says, you know, and held God to his word, would that house have been? gifted to you like that you know what I'm saying and I and I ask that because of our listeners I mean I feel like people always look at me like how do you guys have so many miracles in your lives like literally the miraculous is a normal part of our life ours too I expect God to show up miraculously and he has had so many I could write books and books I mean all the books and and I expect more you know what I mean not because I'm greedy but because God's so big (laughs) yes God's so big and so but at the same time the times when I have not contended, God's like, you're not even giving me a seed to operate with. Right. You got to throw my word at me. You got to mm-hmm. pull on. Like our faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is actual substance. Your faith gives God the ingredients he needs to create like a like a chemical reaction so that he can create something. You know what I mean? It's like your faith is that substance that Holy Spirit partners with yes. to create something. And so I, I highlight that because in all of your testimonies, that is the consistent factor is you are like, but God, your word says. And yes. if you didn't know the word and if you didn't actually pray and if you just gave up, you would not have most of the miraculous stories you have to talk about, right? I agree. I agree. Hebrews eleven six says it's impossible. Or what? 
Um, faith, yeah, without faith, it's <gasps> impossible to please God. Sorry, um, my kid just snuck up behind <laughs> me and scared me. And so, yes, I would agree. Um, without faith, it is definitely impossible to please him. Um, okay, so we want to kind of like pull this. We realize we could probably talk for hours, and so we don't make this the longest podcast episode in the history of humanity. So, uh, but I love this, Tiffany, because you have so many testimonies. And you guys, listen. If you want more and more, I mean, like, I don't know about you guys, but the way that Tiffany knows the word and her faith is so caught, you can feel it's tangible. Her faith is literally a tangible substance. And, and so if you guys want to experience more of these testimonies to build your faith and to kind of learn even her process and whatever, you guys, I really encourage you to get their devotional. It's called A Closer Walk with Jesus. Right? Yes, okay. you got it right. <laughs> got it right. Closer Walk with Jesus, and it is on Amazon. <clears throat> it's available there. It's a wonderful, wonderful um, journal. But we want to wrap this up with some tangibles because now we've probably whetted your appetite for more of the miraculous in your life. And and I've shared in other episodes a lot of the, the miraculous breakthroughs we've had. And I was just telling Tiffany this weekend, we had someone stay at the house here with us. And, and it was a single woman, so I got to spend the whole weekend with her. And, um, and I was just telling Tiffany about how this woman had, um, healing. In fact, actually I didn't tell you the story. So, so this woman came and stayed with us and I'll make it short, but, um, she, when I picked her up, she was like, yeah, she was just introducing herself. She was like, Hey, listen, just before we get going, I need you to know this. She said, I have this disorder where when I eat, if my body or my esophagus doesn't like it, then I begin to violently vomit and I can't, I I never know what food is going to trigger it. I just end Mm -hmm. up in the bathroom vomiting, whatever I've eaten. And so she was like, I just need you to know that up front. And so I was like, okay, you know, like, okay. But in my heart, when she told me about this situation, I just felt like the Lord was like, I'm going to touch her this weekend. So we're going through the weekend and throughout the weekend from the moment she enters our home, she had no reactions to anything. So there was that, but she couldn't understand why she wasn't having reactions, except she'd prayed, you know, but she'd prayed a hundred other times, hundred other situations, you know? Right. And so she didn't quite understand why she wasn't experiencing anything. And so, um, she shared with me that as, as we were sitting and kind of talking about, um, some ministry difficulties and, and different things, she shared that some leadership she had been under had told her <clears throat> as a single woman, you have to be careful because you're going to make married couples struggle with jealousy when you're working with married couples. And, but it was like the way I'm saying it was kind of like nicer than how Mm -hmm. she had described it being said to her. And so when she said that everything in my spirit rejected it, I was like, girl, that sounds like the voice of the accuser. Mm -hmm. That does not sound like the truth of the word of God. I was like, that is not your inheritance. Like what the heck? And then I suddenly, I had a revelation and I saw those words like an arrow in her body and I saw her sickness connected to those words and I asked her I said when did your sickness start and she looked at me and she smirked and she goes you know it was after that was said to me and I was like and I honestly I burst into tears because I had the presence of God was so thick in that moment I knew God's will was to touch her and heal her more than her body he wanted to heal her soul and so I asked my husband to come in and um and so we spent some time talking through some things, a little bit of counseling type stuff. And then we just prayed with her and we broke off those words and she repented of, of 
of taking ownership of that wrong belief. And I texted her the other, oh, and then she got up after we were all done praying. And she said, generally, I feel like healing has been established in my body. And she said, I said, let's go to dinner. And I said, what can you not eat? She goes, I can never have pizza. I said, let's go have pizza. She was like, I want food I can't have. And so we had a big old pizza that night and we had a great time and she never had issues. And then Mm -hmm. I asked her, I texted her yesterday and she said her body feels fine. She's not fatigued or whatever. So she was not only healed in her body, she was healed in her soul. It was powerful. So all that to say... The miraculous is meant to be a part of the believer's life. The word says that believers, that signs and wonders follow those who believe. believe. Those who believe. And so for those of you who are listening, if signs and wonders are not a part of your life, I propose that possibly you're not believing the word of God like you could be. And the word of God has so much more to offer your life and the lives of the people around you with just a few little tools. So me and Tiffany are going to break that down really simple. Tiff, what would you say is like the simple steps to applying the word of God in faith to see these breakthroughs and these miracles? Well, we were talking about <clears throat> if there's any area in your life where you feel like there's lack um, or you're needing you're needing God to come through, um, getting in the word. I was telling Jenna Lee, you don't have to have a, a rhema word from the Lord. That means a word specifically for you, a prophetic word in that moment. All you need is the living word of God. And so finding scripture that backs up what you're wanting to contend for. And then basically it's just memorizing that scripture and starting to decree it and declare it and believe it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then God God's going to do what he says he's going to do. And that's yeah. fulfilling his word. Yeah. And so... God is who he says he is. God is God God said you are who God says you are and God's going to do what he says he's going to do and God has to fulfill his word. Yeah. He will fulfill his word. Yeah. And so I know for me um I had to ask the Lord to give me a love for his word because mm. generally in the beginning like I I started out with a I think a King James version, oh, maybe Lord a new Jesus. King James and I really struggled with like comprehending and and so I remember just asking God, God, give me a love for your word. Let me start there. Let mm-hmm. me want to wake up and get in the word. Yeah. Even if it's just a scripture. And then it was, and then I feel like when I was obedient in that, it was like God wet my appetite. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, I want a little bit more and I want a little yeah. bit more. And then, yeah. you know, it, it just went from there. And so I would say, okay, so that's a really great point. And I love that you said that because I think a lot of people will experience that. And I've experienced that as well. So I would say even maybe your first step is asking the Lord to give you a hunger for the word. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you have to wait around on that. Just take action on it. You know, don't wait around to be insatiably hungry for the word. Just do it, you know. But he's going to make you hunger for the word. Because when you see how it applies to your life, it makes you want more. Yes. Um, so ask the Lord for a hunger for the word, step one. Step two, identify where there's lack or or suffering or some part of your life that doesn't align with the promises of God. If the Lord says you're the head and not the tail, but you feel like you're always one step behind everything else, well then grab that promise. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am the lender and not the borrower in Christ. And so and then so that third step would be finding scriptures that apply to your situation. Here's a really easy way to do that. Google. 
Yeah. <laughs> Back in the old day, it was like you pull out your concordance and you dig around for a little <laughs> while. Honestly, Google scriptures about prosperity, yes. scriptures about wealth, scriptures about healing, yes. scriptures about encouragement, whatever. And then Google will pull up some great ones for you to jump off of mm-hmm. and then find it in your favorite translation. But what I say is when you're scanning all these scriptures, don't feel like you have to take them all. If there's one that just strikes you in the heart, mm-hmm. Grab that one because that one's alive to you. Mm-hmm. Grab that one and then just begin to memorize it and meditate on it. Memorize it and meditate on it and speak it every time. Listen, when we had our babies, <clears throat> I would ask the Lord for a promise for our, our pregnancies and deliveries. With Shiloh, the promise was, I will overcome. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> what are we overcoming? <laughs> oh, you know? <laughs> so when Shiloh came and we took him to the doctor and the doctor was like, he has a heart issue and possibly congenitive heart failure. And he's saying all these scary words. And then the Lord just brought up in my heart, I will overcome. I will overcome. And so in those moments when you're wrestling with the fear of that promise not coming true, you just reach down deep, you grab that promise, and you hold on to it until you believe it. You hold on to it until it feels tangible in your heart, you know? And then you just keep believing and you keep thanking God. When our house flooded and I didn't know how to walk through that, we had more need than I knew what to do with. I couldn't even write a list of everything we needed because we lost everything, you know? And the Lord told me, just look for what I'm doing. And when I stayed focused on what he was doing and I would celebrate with the boys every day what God had done for us, he would do more miracles for us. I even have to ask for it, you know? I just looked for what he was doing and he did all this stuff for us. And so I will say like, Tiffany is great at this. I would, she loves to give glory to what the Lord has done. You guys listen, make the, the voice of your heart and the voice of your mouth, one that declares what God has done, look for what he's doing. And then when you're contending for these promises, I think the journey will be shorter, honestly. <laughs> yes. It's funny, Benaya, I homeschool in Benaya's lesson mm-hmm. this week. Um, each week we do like an animal and how it relates to the Bible or the Lord. And this week's the elephant and the elephant never forgets. Literally, that's how God made the elephant. Like mm-hmm. the elephant's memory is awesome. And so our tagline on that is, I will always remember what the Lord has done. Aww. And so it is, it's important. I believe thankfulness cultivates an atmosphere for miracles. Yes, it does. Um, just being thankful and your eyes again on what God has done. And also I want to talk or I want to give a tip on um or application for <laughs> if you've had a rhema word and you um maybe have lost hope in God fulfilling that or you've had a rhema word and um you've just you need it to be resurrected, you need to start declaring and decreeing again. I want to encourage you to do that. Um, because if God has given you a rhema word or a promise over whatever, your marriage, finances, relationships, ministry, um, your children, um, just to bring it, just to, just to have, um, boldness to start declaring it again and reminding God and, Mm -hmm. and, and asking God to renew your hope and, and again, to take your expectation off of what it's going to look like when it's going to happen and mm-hmm. trust that God is going to do it. Yeah. And and again, you can find scriptures in the Bible that go with that rhema word yeah. and just standing on God. This is what you told me. This is yeah. what you told me, God. And also generally, I think it's important too, when God gives us a word, we don't have to keep asking for it, yeah. right? Because yeah. God, to me, when God says, Tiffany, like you say, God's given me um, dreams, visions, words for all my children, deliveries and stuff, because Mm -hmm. I do, I wrestle with fear. And so when that fear wants to resurrect its head, I go, no, this is what God's shown me. This is what God said. And it helps me, you know, push past that. Um, 
is that when when God gives us a word, we don't have to ask for it. We just thank him for it and we declare mm. it. So it would be something like this if um for finances, like you said, if God's told me that he's going to get me out of debt or he's going to give us the money to buy this house, I would pray or I would declare something like this. Father, I thank you that I'm the head and not the tail. I thank you that I'm the, the beginning and not the end. God, I thank you that you have supplied all of our needs according to your riches. Philippians four nineteen. God, I thank you that he who began a good work in our finances will be faithful to mm-hmm. complete it. God, I thank you that those who trust in the Lord, like no good thing. God, yes. I thank you. So we, be, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. My hair is standing too. up so on good. my arms. So, right there. Cultivate an atmosphere of angelic activity and miracles. Yes. Boom, baby. So you just want to declare the word. It's not God, um, please. It's not begging. Yes, God. Yes, because... Yes, we sit. You've got to remember whose table you sit at. You don't yeah. beg for bread. You don't yes. beg for crumbs. You sit at the table with the king and you get the whole loaf of bread. Yeah. Um because we are children of God and so I know for me I've I've been really trying to um, even with healing, my son was sick over the weekend and I found myself asking God for healing. And I said, no, wait a second. Jesus paid the price 2,021 years ago. God, I thank you that, that your blood speaks a better word. And then my mm-hmm. son is covered in the blood and yeah. boom, he was fine right after that. And so, um, yes. just shifting your perspective. So if God's given you a rhema word, we don't ask for it. We just thank God for it. And we just, we call it forth. Um, and, and the same with scripture, um, you know, if, if God hasn't given you a rhema word, just declaring it, we don't have to ask for it. We don't have to, I don't believe yeah. we have to ask for healing. God's already, it's healing is ours. It's, it's, it's part of our inheritance as a child of God. Yeah, yeah. Joy is our inheritance. Um, and yeah. so, and God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, back to what I alluded to earlier when, when God was telling me when we were needing things for the house. The days when I've stayed thankful and focused on what God was doing, we had miracles and all I had to do was whisper, whisper the need. You know what I mean? Just whisper. In fact, one day I got into kind of scared thinking and like overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, <coughs> God, I need a vacuum and I needed this and I need it. And it's been days and we haven't seen anything happening because I hadn't been thanking the Lord. And so I was like, God, what in the world? And I was starting to get overwhelmed and starting to get in that begging place. And then I stopped and I was like, God, I haven't, I haven't taken time to give you thanks in a few days. What the heck? I was like, you've done so much. And so I just stopped and I was like, Lord, you know what? You have been so amazing. You have paid off the kids' schooling. You have provided a place for Amen. us to live rent-free. You have paid for the electric bill. You have paid for this. You have taken care of this. You have paid for our, all this. And then so I started thinking. And then at the end of it, I had the idea to pray for all the families in our church. So I said, Lord, I think you've done so much. I just ask that you would provide significantly for all the families in our church who have flooded. Take care of the families in our church. That's all I prayed. The next day, Good Morning America called our church. They were out of Houston. They heard about our church somehow. And they said, listen, we want to feature your church and we would like to do some relief work. We want to give every family that is flooded in your church a $2,000 gift card mm. to Lowe's. Hey, come on. Serious. And then they said, <laughs> and we're doing a pop-up shop in Houston and anyone who comes out is welcome to, gra- to keep anything that they can carry out of that pop-up shop. I was like, you've got to freaking be joking me. And so it's like, but it's like when we cultivate that atmosphere of Thanksgiving, it's worship, it's praise, it yes. brings angels, it just... Yes. I, my brain doesn't even fully understand why it's so much more effective, but it's so much more effective. You know, that reminds me too. Um, often, often I feel like God will do that when we're contending for a promise. 
at least for me, it seems like everyone around me is getting that promise. So if I'm, if <laughs> yes. I'm contending for a baby, every uh, uh, five people announce they're pregnant. And, and the enemy would want me to be in despair, would want me to charge God foolishly, would want me to be like, well, God's forgot about you. Like you're, you're yeah. not good enough. Right. But that word is getting tested. <laughs> yes, the word is getting tested. But also, when you were sharing, reminded me of Job. God, as soon as Job blessed his friends and prayed for his friends, he got double for his trouble. Wow. Like, God restored his health. God gave him more children. God, you know, gave back, restored his wealth. And so, I think there is something to that. I know for me, when there's something I'm contending for and people around me are getting it, first of all, if there's any kind of jealousy or anything, obviously, I need to go to the... God showing me something we need to deal with. Yeah. But then having the heart of saying, God, thank you that you that they're engaged or God, thank you that they're having a baby or God, thank you. And beginning to bless them for what God is doing in their life. I think that then we, we see that man, you know, God brings that in our own lives. Yeah. Because he's testing the word, which is meant, listen, in in James one, two through four, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, like everyone around you is getting pregnant, but you, but because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance where you're willing to contend for that word, Perseverance must finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That process is essential to purify that revelation and that anointing on your life for that word. Yes. That's why. That's so powerful. So good. So good. We just had church in here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you guys, okay, Tiffany, tell them how they can find your book. So you can find it on Amazon or you can go to our website, which is www.travisandtiffanytombry.com. Good Lord, that's a long. It is. It's our first and last name. Um, <laughs> but yes, Amazon is the easier way to do it. Um, but it's, yeah, A Closer Walk with Jesus. It's a 30-day devotional. There's um, a place where you can write. There's questions that we ask to um, just make you kind of dig a little deeper, reflect on things going on in your life and and I mean, our hope with the book is obviously a closer walk with Jesus, but that your faith would be stirred up that, mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, you would start to see the miraculous. You would start to just look at things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so good. You guys, this episode was worth listening to. Okay. So stay tuned. We're going to have a very brief life hack right now. Okay, so since we were talking, <laughs> Tiffany's like, I don't know what to say about this. <laughs> She's pointing at me. Eat, eat, not me. Okay, so your life hack today, since we were talking about Amazon, you guys can go on Amazon, find Tiffany's devotional book, Tiffany and Travis, and stick it on your wish list or mm. stick it in your cart. But here's your life hack. If you and your husband struck, now some people are good at gift giving. Tiffany's actually a phenomenal gift giver. She pays attention really well. Um, but sometimes guys need a little help or sometimes us women, we're just so busy. It's like, Oh Jesus, help me. Just tell me what to get you, you know? (laughs) And so my husband and I, I've shared this before, but it's been a while. So we need to revisit it. My husband and I have a shared wish list on Amazon. Not, not the same one. We don't both 
Like my list I shared with him and his list he shared with me. Right. And so we, we both can see each other's. And then when it's time for Christmas or hmm. birthdays or whatever, we just go look up the other person's Amazon wish list and there are some gifts we know that they're going to love. I love it. It's so easy. And you get it in two days or less. And you get it in two days or less. <laughs> it's so true. And if anything goes wrong, it's easy to return. <laughs> and so we we did this for Christmas and I, I like got that. a bunch of gifts and it was great and uh, it's so easy, y'all. Because it's exactly what you want. It's exactly what you want. The only catch is you have to kind of maintain the list. Go through and get rid of stuff you don't want after six months or whatever. Because, you know, your tastes change. You lose right. interest in things. So I do. <laughs> there's one time. Also, don't put other people's things. My sister, I put a purse I wanted for my sister. I was going to get it for her. So I put it on this list. Well, my husband ordered it for me for my birthday. So it shows up, and it's like this super shiny, mermaidy, flashy <laughs> purse. And I'm like, what? And I didn't have the heart to tell him. Like, oh. Because I set up the system. He's like, the system is supposed to work, you know? <laughs> You're supposed to like it. So I was told him thank you. I laughed about it. I used it a few times. And then you said And then it. I told him. <laughs> and then I sent it to my okay. sister. <laughs> so anyway, so make sure you maintain your list. But anyways, so there you go, Tiffany. There's a life hack for life you and hack. Travis, too. But anyways, you guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope, my hope, it, you guys know, I love encouraging you guys. I love strengthening your faith. And I know Tiffany feels the same. And so I really hope these episodes strengthen you. Listen, if they do, you guys shoot me a message or better yet, screenshot the that you're listening to the episode and throw it up in your stories because A, that puts it out there for other people to see it in case they're interested. But it is super encouraging, and I love seeing the ones that you guys are getting a kick out of and the ones that are really touching your hearts. And so make sure you're following me on Instagram to do that. It's Java with Jen. And do you guys have a, a handle for your book? Do you have a book page or anything? It is. Um, you're going to say it's really long. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. It's Travis and Tiffany Tombry. Okay, Travis and Tiffany Tombry. Travis is with one S. Yes. Tiffany is with two Fs. And a Y. And a Y. And then Tombri is T-O-M-B-R-E. Yes. What? Is that German? Norwegian. You're special. He's special. He's special. He's special. (laughs) You're special too. (laughs) Okay. So anyways, Travis and Tiffany Tombri, and that's on Instagram as well. So go check that out. Go follow both of us. We'd love to hear from y'all. And until next time, you've got this and God's got you. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, hey, it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Thank you to each of you for your ongoing support. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Until next time, remember, you've got this and God's got you.